Hi everyone, welcome to the XYZ Experiment podcast. It's your millennial Dash and I'm here today with our Gen X, Fiona, and our Gen Z, Amelia. Hi guys. Hi. And we thought we would have a conversation about what our friendships in adulthood look like and, you know, how do we maintain friends? How do we make friends? What does our friendship kind of dynamics look like as adults? Um, And so I guess I'm curious as to what you guys think in terms of, well, tell me how you hang out with people. Who are they and where did they come from? One of the parts of this conversation was something that we'd said earlier when we were talking about that there's this, um, I I almost think it's a misconception about it's harder to make friends as you get older uh, because I'm the oldest of all of us here and I don't find that hard to make friends. Mm. Um, I find it actually quite easy to make friends and I know that's not what people want to hear but it's about the way that I do it and the way that I connect. And one of the in- interesting things for me is is that is probably very different to the way that you do it, Dash, and the way that you do it, Amelia, that we've made friends in different ways. And one of the ways for me is I'm very, very face-to-face, but I believe, Amelia, you're a little bit different the way that you can make some of your friends. I think definitely with the world of social media and technology, it's alienating in some respects because people feel very isolated but it can also be a tool to meet a lot of people that you otherwise probably wouldn't cross paths with because you don't necessarily all go out to the local pub or the local club and bump into each other that way anymore. So how do you make friends on social media? I feel like within social media there's an ecosystem especially within cities so for example within Melbourne within Sydney where you're always one degree of separation from different people. So you might see Susie in Robert's post and you'll see her popping up, popping up. And then eventually, if you know Robert, you'll probably bump into her somewhere in a social setting, whether it be drinks or or a gathering somewhere. And so it gives you an opportunity to kind of know people before you even really meet them or know them, which is... So when you meet Susie, do you think, I know her, I know her already? To an extent. I think you kind of get a feel for what they're about. Yeah. And whether you guys would potentially align, whether you find what they're putting down, something interesting that you want to pick up on and have a discussion around. But then also sometimes you're pleasantly surprised because people can be very different when you meet them in person. But I think... For example, Instagram is a really good jump off if you put yourself out there and make connections with people who you think you share values with to be able to then bring that into the real world and develop some really strong and special relationships. Hmm. Would you form any friendships with someone on Instagram, Dash? No. Me neither. And <laughs> when I get a DM, like my, my Instagram is open so people can see it. But if I get a DM from someone I don't know and they're like, hi, it'd be great to catch up. I'm like, delete. Yeah. <laughs> I would be the same. Yeah. Delete and block because I don't know. I'm. It's just not a platform I'm used to connecting. I will do kind of like what you've talked about, Amelia, that if I've, if that, I've met them in person, through an event 
and then we might start following each other on Instagram from there. That might be different, but then that doesn't necessarily mean that I'd become friends with them. But you've that. you've had a face to face. It always has to start yeah. with a face to face. So you know who they are. You've had a face to face already. Yeah. How do you make friends? So I do make a lot of my friends through work. Yeah. And I'm very social at work. Our team is very social at work. Um, so yeah, a majority of my friendships that I've made in adulthood have been through work. They, I mean, a lot were through the church circles, but I'm not friends with them or I don't necessarily connect in with that group, um, much anymore. Um, but majority of them are people from work and I'm very structured, um, in my friendships. And so, I kind of just have set um, structured catch-ups with people. Um, So for some people, it will be every four weeks. For some people, it will be every six weeks. For some people, it might be once a year. For some people, it might be around particular work wins, but they're not work events. Like they're, they're, you know, catch-ups that we have. And we will always go out for a meal. We might go to a nice restaurant, have nice wine, and then, yeah, have a great time. So does that mean like with your group of friends, you say, well, once a month we're going to catch up and yeah. like, there's a group of them? Yeah. Well, I don't have that. So what do you do? <laughs> I'm so casual. <laughs> I'm so different in that way. I mean, I've got friends that are from, you know, high school. Uh, I don't have any friends beyond earlier than that, if that makes sense. Yeah. So all my friends are from high school onwards um, and – and it's very random, like very random when we catch up and we talk to each other and like when we phone each other or text each other. It's I think a part of it is because a lot of them are in different places around the world. Yeah. So, um, of course, you can't do that physical catch up. But when we do catch mm. up, it's magical. Like it's absolutely magical when we all get together like I was in Perth a couple of weeks ago and spent every day seeing my friends like every single day I've come back to Melbourne I haven't spoken to a few of them since <laughs> it's just and it's nothing wrong with but, that but they are friends yeah. you, you knew through high school yeah what about friends that you've made as an adult but even as an adult I still don't schedule friendships yeah. and things Probably you're my biggest schedule at the moment because we go after we um, we record, we go have lunch and things like that. So, um, but I don't have any sort of definite. It's weird. Sometimes I think, oh, I haven't heard from such and such for a while, and I'll contact them and go, oh, hi, how are you going? And and uh, we should we should catch up. I think that's my number one text message. We should catch up. We, but do we've you got mean to do it? it. Like, I do. I do mean it. Like when I contact you, I, I mean it. Yeah. So. I never do it as a um, I never do it as an off the cuff thing to say to make everyone feel comfortable. I actually want to see you, so I, I will not only say we should catch up. I'll go. When are you free in yeah. July or August? What dates have you got? What dates are good for you? Um, and then I'll make that schedule catch up. But then when we're leaving, like after I've caught up, we we'll go. We should do this again. We go. Yeah, definitely. It's not often for me to say. Yeah, let's book the next one. It's yeah. more like we'll contact each other again. Do you do that, yeah, Amelia? That's interesting. I feel like I'm quite similar. It's like ad hoc where I'll think, oh, I haven't spoken to such and such for maybe a month or two. I should touch base and see how they're going. Because I think finding that that time can be tricky too. Like I'm similar to Fiona where I say, all right, give me your availabilities for... July and let's see if we can make something to work out 
like I have a pretty strict rule no catch-ups on a school night I don't really like socializing on a on a a school night or a work night because then I feel like I can't be fully present because I'm conscious of like need to go to sleep need to get enough sleep need Mm. to do this need to do that so I prefer to be able to take the time on a weekend it's very similar it's I really value friendships though where people are instigators and drivers of of the friendship because I find historically sometimes I've personally felt like I've been the one who like is saying hey let's catch up hey let's do this hey let's do that do you think like a certain friendship dynamics there's one person who sort of drives it more and then the other person will sort of come along when when things are suggested absolutely definitely so I've got a couple of friends who are really good at contacting me and Um, making sure that that friendship's staying strong. The other thing I do as well, just when you were talking to me, it was just making me think about it, is that um, I bring a lot of my friendship groups together. Yeah. um, And I've done that quite a bit. So people from different areas of my life, like whether it's work and or personal or uh, something else I've done, I am really good at combining them. And then they become friends. That happens quite often to me, which I love. I actually love that. So like when I went to Perth, I don't often have separate catch-ups with them. Sometimes I do, but I often bring them all together in one room and we all catch up at the same time. And yeah, I I realise that's something. I don't know whether that's to save me time or I just, or whether that means this is going to sound really strange because I did reflect upon it recently, or whether that means I like being the centre of attention and I have all my mates with me in one room and the (laughs) the binding factor is me. That is so interesting. Yeah, I do think that. Because one of my friends made a comment about it. Um, She was saying, uh, so um, this is a friend that I made as an adult. Her husband was a doctor who worked in our surgery, as in a medical doctor, and this was his wife, and we became very, very good friends. We've been friends for almost 30 years now. And and I've brought her in with my other friends who've been my high school friends, and they all, like, in Perth now, they all go out to dinner now, and whereas they didn't, they would never have known her except for me introducing them. And she was saying to me, like, you're the glue that binds us all together. Like, you're absolutely the glue. Even though I'm not there, I'm the person that brings that group together. So, yeah, it just got me thinking a little bit about how I do bring my friendship groups together and connect them. I would only connect my friendship groups for a significant birthday party or something yeah. like that. Like it wouldn't be something I'd connect them necessarily on a on a regular basis. But I have been called in a work context a super connector I do have that thing where I will try and like connect people in if they need things and stuff like that. And I think to an extent I'll do that in friendships, but I don't really do it in a big group. It would be a one-on-one connection where I'll connect two people in because I think that they'll get along or that they, um, you know, might be living in a similar area or they might be going through a particular life event, which is similar. But I'm interested, Amelia, on whether or not you do what Fiona does and bring all your friends together. Yeah, I think I don't really have a hesitation around it. For example, I had a birthday party once in Melbourne and I had a friend from high school, a friend from work and a friend who I I did some volunteer work with who all became very, very good friends and Mm. went out to brunch the next morning and forgot to invite me. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. 
And yeah. that's what it is. But I, I, didn't, I didn't mind it. I was like, oh, I'm really happy you guys made friends. But I find it really fascinating when people are very protective of their friendships and they get quite offended when somebody becomes good friends with one of the friends that they've introduced them to. Do you find that happens within your generations? No, I don't feel jealous at all of it. I, I like it. I like that they're mates and friends and they get together and they do things and I, I almost feel like it connects me at the same time. Mm. One of them tells me about it and I always know if I was there, I'd have the opportunity to go along and, yeah, I like it. And then I, and then I also go, oh, great, because now they've become friends so we can do more things together. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. I think, oh, great. I just don't do think my friends have done that. I don't think they've connected without me. And it's almost like when you were saying you're the glue, I yeah. feel like I've got to be there all the time. I oh, see, I don't. So they, they will mm. completely do things without me now, like all the time. Yeah. It's, um, and, and I know there's something that the friends are different as well, you know. So when I talk to my oldest friends, we talk a lot about people and, um, and families and some of the history of things that we did. And when I talk to a lot of my new friends, like so when I say new friends, my more my friends that I've sort of made in my 40s and 50s, we talk about ideas and concepts and politics and art and it's quite a different conversation. But I love both. Yeah. I love I love I need both for my soul. I love both of them, you know. And it might be because it's with your older friends that you have a shared history Correct. to talk through. Yeah. Whereas in with your newer mm. friends, you're maybe connecting on a um, a different level because it's not about the people; it's about the ideas that you've you've connected with in the first. And instance. it could be how we met as well. Yeah. You know, so like um, with Amelia, like if I think about the friendships with you two, with Amelia, I met Amelia really as a more mentor role if that makes sense you know when we were both working together and so I feel our relationship is a little bit like that that we talk through ideas and advice and Amelia and I talk about concepts and um, sometimes we'll gossip about people because we have a lot of shared history with stuff and then with you Dash I met you through the Williamson and Williamson was all about leadership and ideas and and being a better, you know, being a better community person. And so you and I connect so deeply on that sort of mm. stuff as well. Although with you, it's even gone deeper because there's so much shared stuff we have. I just yeah. can't get over the deepness of the friendships oh. I've made with <laughs> both of you in really short periods of time. Yeah. You know, just really short periods of time. Yeah. So it's interesting because you started off talking about, um, you know, a lot of there's a misconception that it's hard to make mm. friends as an mm. adult. And um, I do think for a lot of people it is a big struggle. Like I think that if I reflect on some people that I, I am friends with, I know that that's something that they talk about and that COVID made it really even harder and I do wonder what is the ingredient or what are some of the things that make it easier to make friends as an adult. I do think there is circumstance. So I think, you know, where you live and, you know, who your family is, like, do you have pets? Do you have children? Do you, you know, all of that can connect you in with community. Are you going to a church, for example? Um, you know, I know I've made lots of friends from people who I live in the same building with, for example. But I also wonder, 
your thoughts on the vulnerability it takes to make friends as an adult and your ability to put yourself out there? I say yes to everything. I think that's the big thing. Like I, I, I believe very strongly in that um, I don't believe in luck. I believe in opportunity and recognising an opportunity. And so one of my things is um, I really – and it's something I've read about, about say yes to things. Yeah. Say yes to things. Even if it makes you uncomfortable, say yes to things. And so that's what I do a lot. I say yes to things. And I think that's how I form my friendships because I say yes to the friendship as well. Yeah. You know? A lot of mm. people will say to you, I mean, I've got a lot of friends, a lot of friends, and um, because I'm a friendly person, you know. Yeah. Uh, um, but not a lot of really deep, deep friends, you know. Um, I count you two as deep friends, yeah. you know, be- maybe because we do this podcast together. Um, I bear my soul with you. Um, but it's saying yes, it's saying yes. Amelia, what do you think? I also agree. I think say yes, because when I look back at the lineage of how I've met some of the most fun and interesting friends, it's always been through a random connection of somebody knew someone and I said yes to going on this boat party or I went to this like random get together. And through that, like I may not necessarily be in contact with people who have been the lineage to get me there anymore. But if it hadn't been for those connectors, I wouldn't be there with that individual having an incredible relationship. But I I think it is vulnerability as well. Mm. Like, I think it's fascinating because often within the sphere and the sort of messaging that I've received in my generation, I feel often people think if I say yes to something, then it means it's a no to something else. Mm. And I understand that in opportunities, but in relationships and friendships, I think it's different. I don't think there's a finite amount of yeses you can say without... Like, obviously, there's just only so many relationships that you can have really deep, meaningful connections with, but there's a lot of opportunity out there if you open your eyes to saying yes and I think there's different chapters in life as well I have a question for you guys from your perspective at what point do you consider someone an acquaintance and at what point do you consider someone a friend what's your metric well I think it's linking back to what you were just talking about like I can say yes to people but I wouldn't necessarily then consider them friends and the friends I do have I could probably count on one hand two hands two hands like close friends and then I've got like it's like a you know like an onion of layers of different levels of friendship and then the next layer still very close but I feel like those relationships take a lot of time and a lot of like shared experience to kind of um consolidate those and you know one of the things that people say like particularly in the dating world or they did it was I don't know I don't actually know if this is a Christian thing so you can tell me if this is a church Christian thing (laughs) is that um, before you say yes to marriage you need to have said seen your partner through all seasons and so um, seasons of like at least a year 
met like actual literal seasons, but also seasons of good times and bad times. And I feel like I become friends and I consider someone a friend when I have seen them through seasons and they've seen me through seasons, which is why I was asking about the vulnerability question, because I think if we're not vulnerable to share about the darker seasons or the bad seasons or the seasons where we're not going that well, I don't know then how people transition from the acquaintance to the friend because I think there's a lot Mm. of trust and generosity that comes in that space of being like, I'm going to let you into this vulnerability and trust that you will be kind to me and good to me in this vulnerability and not judge me in this vulnerability and then from there we will develop a friendship deeper but that takes time like I would say a lot of time you're right it's the vulnerability I think you're right yeah yeah Amelia how long does it take um I think you're same the vulnerability aspect like when I've had shitty circumstances and I've had to like come to the situation and I've had support from someone that's a really bonding thing um I think it's interesting in our generation because Facebook for example all of your connections and points on there are known as friends and so Mm. there becomes this warping of like what is actually a friend Mm. um so I feel like an acquaintance to me is someone that I know a friend is someone that I can send weird memes to and they not be like, what the hell is this? Yeah. <laughs> so that's like my reference point. But then you have like the tribe, like the people who are, it gets used a lot in Instagram, the ride or dies of your life. Like if you were in, in, in uh, jail after a night out, they're the ones who will come bail you out and you know that they're there and you can count on them. Um, but you also know that they'll, tell it to you straight as well because like they they want what's best for you like it's it almost becomes beyond friendship it's almost like a family that you've chosen around you yeah and it's so interesting you say that because then reflecting on what you were saying Fiona like even when I had COVID recently and you were texting me every single day (laughs) I'm so worried about you. Yeah, to check in. But I think the interesting element of that was I gave you permission. Like you were like, I'm checking on you every single day, but you would call my bullshit on how I was going. And you were like, if you need to go to hospital, you need to go to hospital. Like stop being Mm. like brave about this. And part of me was just like, that is friendship. Like that is a next level of friendship and we as you say we haven't known each other that long but there were only very few people who knew I had COVID in the first instance and who had that permission to kind of check in on a regular basis and you send memes but it was beautiful it was so beautiful and I was like oh my god Fiona's checking in again and like genuinely and I had one of my friends who's a doctor checking in on a regular basis and again like slicing through the bullshit like you don't pretend you're okay like you're not allowed to say yeah I'm recovering okay no literally what are your symptoms literally (laughs) it's interesting you should say that because one of the things I do know as a friend is that 
I might not be around a lot. You might not hear from me for a couple of months. And then when I hear that you need me, I am there. Yeah. I am absolutely there. <laughs> like I'm thinking about a girlfriend of mine this week who's had a really hell of a week. I won't say what it was. I would contact her. I mean, she's one of my best friends. We would speak maybe once a fortnight or once every three weeks. I have spoken to her almost twice a day, every yeah. day for the last week. Yeah. Like, because whether it's text or a phone call – and I'll ring up and I'll go, just bloody call me back. I'm really worried about you. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I'm i that type of friend as well, that when I know that you need me in that crisis, absolutely, you're going to hear from me every day and then you won't hear from me for a month. Yeah. <laughs> but see, this is interesting because, Amelia, would you call people or would you text? I would send memes. You'd send yeah. memes. <laughs> because I feel like Honestly. our generations don't pick up the phone and call as much. I call when I think I need to hear their voice. Like I can, uh, I text a lot, but sometimes when I, uh, it's it's just, oh, I don't know if this is something, you get to your 50s and life's not going as you thought it would like. And I've got a lot of friends in my age group and you're like, this is not what we were promised. This is not what we thought our lives would be like like there was a lot of promise promise for us gen x's saying you know you're gonna you're gonna be you know own your home and you're gonna have a fabulous husband or or and you're gonna have kids who are you know exceptional and you're gonna be traveling all the time i can tell you not a single one of my friends have that life like it didn't turn out as we thought so i feel at the moment like when one of my friends are going into a crisis like that, I absolutely have to turn up for that and and make sure they're okay. Like um, because I know sometimes I'm not okay. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. So I need to know for what? you that I should call you <laughs> because I would probably <laughs> no, no, no. do what Amelia no. does and send you like doggy I'm pictures. Absolutely <laughs> fine getting the text, fine. But sometimes you just know that you need to hear their voice to know they're okay. You just need to hear mm. it, you know. And I don't know, um, you and I have have that type of personality where uh, you ring up and like the texts are going, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. And you ring up and you go, absolutely, you're not fine. I want some honesty out of you. And they find it hard not to do it. Yeah, it's harder to say that. Mm. Normally the tears will start or they'll just go, I just really appreciate someone's just said that to me. Yeah. And I just just need Mm. to let it out. And I'm here. I'm here for that, you know. Mm. Yeah, I feel that's, for example, my text messages, they don't pop up as a notification on my phone. The only way that you can get something to pop up on my phone is either WhatsApp, secret, secret, no one. Actually, my good friends know that if you need to contact me, you message me on WhatsApp because that's the only notification that I have and phone calls. So I'm like, if you need me, call me. If you need me, WhatsApp me. And I will get back to you ASAP. Otherwise, my text messages I reply to once a week. Yeah. Like just but a weekly reply. I feel like that's not normal for Gen Zs because I feel like Gen Zs don't like being called. Like it's... Yeah. I oh, have to... I hate making phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'll never pick up a phone number that I don't know. So yeah. if you aren't saved in my phone, leave me a voice message and then I'll call you back. If you're saved in my phone, I will pick up like that. I, I do find that interesting because I know for some of my friends who are Gen Zs, I have to send them a text message to warn them that I'm going to call them. 
Just letting you know I'm going to call you. <laughs> All's fine. Don't freak out. Yeah, book a phone call. <laughs> you book the phone call. Well, no, it's managing the yeah. expectation because I think – and may, I, I think millennials are a little bit like this as well. Like we assume when someone's calling us, someone has died or something really awful has happened. Does this go back to our generation though again? Like in my generation, you would just turn up to your friend's house. You wouldn't make a pre-phone call. Yeah. I feel like some of the, like my older friends in particular, the same generation as me, I could just roll up to their house. I wouldn't have even had to warn them. But some of my younger generation friends i would absolutely never do that yeah. i would give them a text and go any opportunity you're free yeah you know but it wouldn't be in half an hour it'd be like in two days yeah. time <laughs> like give yeah, them that you pre-warning you can't roll up to my house yeah. <laughs> give them that pre-warning <laughs> to say you're coming you know along with my structured catch-ups with people, I have structured check-ins with people. Oh, do you really? <laughs> oh, I don't have any I of that. I sound like a real psychopath. Yeah. But yeah, you sound like an academic. Um, so <laughs> I have friends where it's like a scheduled every Friday. We all send each other like a face, like we, we're in a shared Facebook message group. Again, probably showing my generation not on WhatsApp. I am on WhatsApp, but not with these chats. And so every Friday we all check in with each other. How's your wow. week? What's, you know, happened? So that's the same group of friends that we then have monthly you make me feel with. like I'm not a good friend. No, no, not at all. But I'm just like really realising it's almost like for me to feel like I can – it's not chaos for me. Yes. It's almost like these are kind of some of the systems. But every – like my other friends are doing it as well. Unless, But I am probably a bit of a driver maybe. Yeah. For historically, mm. I've been the one – who has been the organiser of social get-togethers and the organiser and the initiator. And sometimes, and I know we talked about this in another podcast episode of saying goodbye to a friend, mm. all I've had to do is just stop initiating yeah. and that was enough for it to fall. Ah. Um, and so, Whereas yeah. I'd be different. If, have- I didn't, if, if I didn't contact someone for a three or four months, they would still think we're Good mates. Yeah. And we are. Yeah. <laughs> it's just we just haven't found the time to get together or talk to each other. But, it's, but as soon as you do, you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Do you feel resentful, though, Dash, sometimes? Like if that's the case that you're always having to drive? Because I've had dynamics in the past where I've felt like I'm the one who's always having to come to the table and that, like, I'm not good enough in the friendship for them to be bothered to sort of reciprocate do you ever feel resentment I did in my 20s and I feel like a lot of what you're talking about I felt very strongly in my 20s had heaps of friends in my 20s heaps of them lots of connections and I felt I could carry that load really well in my 20s I'm not that's a load but I could carry the friendships really well and I could connect and I could initiate and I could support and do that really well but as I've gotten older less so and I did feel really resentful and I I can almost remember it as like a decision with some of the friendships where I was always the initiator or always the organizer in my 20s as I got to my late 20s I just stopped and they Mm. didn't pick it up and then we weren't friends and I was like that's the sign that's a big thing actually that was all you all you it was all me and then I was like so were we friends or was it just that like, I created your social calendar? Wow. Yeah, fa- fair weather friends. Yeah. No. I know what you mean. I'm like similar. But as I've gotten older, 
I now recognise that people have different social capacities and competencies. Yeah. And there are Mm. just some people who cannot for the life of them do that. They cannot initiate. Yeah. And they need people like you and me and Amelia. Yeah. Um to be the initiators and the coordinators and the connectors. Otherwise, yeah. it just doesn't happen for them. But there's only – I can't carry all of them. So yeah. I can have some of them which I can do that for. Yeah. And I feel the most loved and protected when I have friends do that for me. Wow. Yeah. I'll remember that. <laughs> I'm going to remember that. <laughs> I feel like Fiona and I are kind of similar in the sense that I function best in friendships where I can put it on an autopilot and like, it's like a cactus. Like I'll come back and water it, <laughs> but I uh, might be a few weeks between watering. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Amelia, I, I was just thinking exactly the same thing for me. Like, um, and I would actually think if I had a friend who was demanding a certain amount of contact with them, I'd get resentful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, like, like we're friends, don't worry, we're friends. You can call me today and tomorrow and then a month from now and I still feel exactly the same way about you. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I love you, we're friends. <laughs> I think we are very structured in some of our friendship catch-ups because we know how hard it is yeah. to do it on the fly, particularly because yeah. a lot of my friends yeah. have kids yeah. and so they've got to book yeah. in I with their partner. I can see the planning. I can absolutely see but it. But funny side story. Yeah. <laughs> friend of a friend asked to... Um, share my friend's social calendar. They wanted access to their kind of personal calendar to see when they were available. (laughs) What? I was like, what the actual? And so that was the other thing that I think has come up is just because you're available doesn't mean you're available. Yeah, correct. Because sometimes, Mm. you know, your availability is I need to sleep and I need to spend time with my partner. Or spend time with my partner. Or or spend time with my dog. dog. (laughs) Yeah. Or spend time with me. (laughs) (laughs) So I just found that like sometimes in that desperation, and again, it comes back to capacity and competency, right, in navigating Mm. social dynamics. So I want to end this podcast asking this question. Yeah. All right, we'll start with you, Dash. Are you a good friend? I think I am a good friend to the friends that I am friends with. (laughs) (laughs) How about you, Amelia? Are you a good friend? Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, You don't sound convinced. Great. No, I I definitely am. I will go to the ends of the earth for the people that I love and I cherish the friendship of. Sometimes I can be bil- a bit guilty of being a bad plant mum. Friendships are like plants and I think the cactuses really thrive in my garden. But I really... <laughs> I will do everything in my power for those cactuses. When the chips are down and the cactuses need some love. You'll be there. I'll be so there. So low maintenance. If you have yeah. too much of a high maintenance friend, then maybe you're not a good friend to the high maintenance friend. Yeah, not at all. I think I'm a great friend. Yeah. I, do. I think I am. I will show you vulnerability. I will show you love. I will show you... I'll share my life with you, you know, and um, friendships are just, for me nowadays, family and friendships, they're the key. 
yeah. they're the absolute key to happiness, I reckon. So, yeah, I think I'm a good friend too. Yeah, I would agree. Hi everyone, it's Dash. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the XYZ Experiment podcast and don't forget to leave a rating and a review. If you've enjoyed our show and um, like what you're hearing, tell all your friends and family and hit that subscribe button. If you want to hear our updates and know when episodes drop, follow us on Instagram at the XYZ Experiment for all the latest updates and news. And our original music was composed and performed by the amazing Luke Champion.